to In My Field. I am JRE. I'm Emily. And today we have a lot. We have a we have a really big special guest actually. But oh, yeah. I guess first first we have some news, right? Yes, we have some news. We are finally gonna announce the Hwasa Maria giveaway winner. We've been hey. having it going on for like over a month and now we are happy to announce the winner. And without further ado, she was one of the first entries. It is Nicola, aka Ray of Sunshine! Exclamation hey. point! Yes. Congrats! Congrats, man! Congrats, wo- woman! Thank you for entering. Thank you for supporting the podcast. She said, "Hi, I hope yes. I can win this. I love Hwasa and Mamamoo, so I'd love to have her solo album." Well, guess what? Oh, you got you it. Got it. There you go. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you for entering. Please email the MI Feels podcast at gmail.com or the MI Feels podcast email, which is MI Feels podcast at gmail.com and say Hwasa Maria album winner and we will figure out with you how to get your album to you. Thank you again for li- entering and thank you for everyone who did enter this time around. What do we have today? You mentioned we had some big All guests. All right. Yes, we do have some big guests. Uh, one of the most famous K-pop producers, or just producers in general, uh, London Noise is yeah. a guest in this podcast. How can people look forward to it? What can they expect? Well, what they can expect is a <laughs> really good conversation. It was actually one of the most chillest conversations. For guys that make iconic songs, mm. especially from SM, broke down how some of the process is and on obviously on how to like become a producer and how they can help you to help them too as well true very true yeah like they they definitely helped uh, a lot of people that are coming up or want to be uh what they are and uh it's just a pretty interesting conversation where we do go off track here and there but i think that's the beauty about these interviews or conversations mm-hmm. or or this podcast and uh yeah big up to london noise yes yes and um, for those people who are aspiring producers and hit makers such as that duo, um, we did leave a an email in the description. Um, you'll need to listen to the whole episode to see what the point of that email 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 is. But I would highly suggest listening through all the way to the end because that's when they explain. Um, but don't skip to the end is what I'm saying because um, there's some good stuff be- before. There's some good stuff, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but that, I think, is all, my friend, right? That is correct. That's all about it. I mean, I like this episode. I thought this guest was amazing as much as yes. I love all our guests, but this one was a special one. Well, even our editor, lovely editor, Amanda, shout out to K Junkies. Yes. Um, she enjoys editing all of our episodes, but she was like, oh, I'm so excited. She loves EXO, specifically Sehun. Of Which, course. by the way, they have a podcast. You guys should go check you it out. You should check it out, yes. It's called Talk That. Her and Natalia. Um, Natalie, I'm sorry. Natalia. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so, uh, yes. Here's our interview with London Noise. Um, this duo, they've worked multiple times with your favorite groups like EXO, Red Velvet, Shiny, NCT, Super M, Astro, Twice, wow. IOI, The Boys, most recently <laughs> ITZY and GOT7, as well as Xinhua, and many hey. more. So please welcome Greg and Hayden of London Noise. <laughs> well, thank you for that wonderful intro. What can we say? Yeah, that was great. Yes. Wow. Making it sound really good. <laughs> hey, we have to, we have to, of course. Exactly. Can you guys introduce yourselves if I missed anything, just in case? Yeah, so I'm Greg, uh, half of London Noise. I'm Hayden, the other half, which makes go. London Noise. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Love it. Yes, yes. Very thankful that you guys are here with us today. Thank you so much. Yeah, pleasure. Um, so we were talking about it a little bit before about the COVID mm-hmm. situation and how it's so prolonged. Um, how has the, pro- the the process for you with quarantine and everything uh, made the production process any different, if at all? Um, yeah, it, it's changed a lot. I mean, for starters, the whole release schedule for, for 2020 has just got pushed further and further for back. Sure. So that's been a shame because obviously, obviously nobody can tour, nobody can promote their songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no TV shows. There's, mm-hmm. you know, there's no internet. It's like, so everything's got pushed back. So we've really just spent, I mean, 
during the lockdown period we just spent a lot of time with our family and just like i guess like like most people just reflecting and, and realizing reconnecting with your family and just realizing what's important yeah. mm-hmm. so first and foremost that's been a nice thing to happen that kind of reset button yeah um obviously after two weeks everyone hates their family <laughs> and <laughs> want to get back to work again so, um, so we um I mean, we never really stop working, have we? No, we're always making music. We're always, no matter where hey. we are, yeah. situation, we're always working. But it kind of took a couple of weeks for everyone to, for the emergency mm-hmm. quarantine to set in. And then we kind of got back to it with, with Zoom and Discord, places like that, where we was doing on, online sessions and we were running a few camps. Oh, okay. We just found a new way of working, really, and it's been really beneficial to us. Yeah, just like we're talking to you guys now, we've been doing sessions like this where we just... You know, exactly. play back and forwards, you know, you might sing an idea and we sing it back or whatever. Yeah. And we've just been figuring it out remotely between, you know, like you say, different time zones or whatever it may be. Hmm. How How is a, um, a virtual song camp? Like, how does that work? Especially like you said, there's so many people in so many different time zones. Well, I think initially we connect on a call and then we discuss the idea about what we're going to work on. Um, the direction and then me and Hayden will make a track or, or at least the kind of bones of a track mm-hmm. um, play it to the writers um, and get their feedback and then they send us ideas and we just pretty much just go back and forth as we would in the studio that's exactly how we do it in the studio we, yeah. we vibe off each other change stuff up and then eventually we come to you know something that meets in the middle so it's, it's been pretty much the same way, just that we're doing it through technology now and not in person. Do you like it more in person or it doesn't matter? No, I don't really like people. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, of course, we miss traveling. We miss having that bond with people and, and the vibes you get together. Yeah. But luckily, like we're a duo, so we can feed off each other and exactly. like... Yeah, yeah. We catch a vibe of each Definitely, other. Yeah. So. And it's easier being in a room with a writer. We do top line as well. So we always have small suggestions that we like to, to put mm-hmm. in. So whereas when you're working over the internet, sometimes you have to, there's a delay in kind of getting ideas how, exactly how you want them. So there's a few back and forth. Yeah. So whereas you could have a song in a day, this way of working takes a few more days to get it perfect. Yeah. Mm. What's, what's the most rewarding thing, you know, like working as a pair? bouncing ideas off each other yeah. and having that soundboard like sometimes i'll spend a day doing stuff and i hate it and i hate myself and I hate my life <laughs> um but like he might come into the room and be like oh wait but that section there if we do this and we move mm-hmm. this around whatever i think and equally it works the same way like he can do mm-hmm. stuff that he thinks is terrible and then i can hear something in it and just being inspired by stuff. So we're not, I mean, we're not always terrible, obviously. Um, <laughs> just being inspired by what each other brings to exactly, the table. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it's like, you know, uh, sounds or like mm-hmm. an arrangement style or anything. So it's like different ears. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Because you can get lost in songs a lot of the time. My problem mm-hmm. is I put way too many sounds in. I put like a wall of sounds and a yeah. great will come in and be like, mute everything and they'll be left with one sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you know, sometimes neck is more, but Hayden has a capacity to just load it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, so you just find a balance. <laughs> yeah. I come round to the idea and think, yeah, he was right. What was, like, the moment you guys realized, like, okay, we are going to be this pair that will work together as a joint duo? I mean, we've been friends. We was friends initially because I knew his mm-hmm. brother. Yeah. So, mm. And then, like, his brother was like, oh, this, you know, my my little brother makes music, like you should meet him and blah, blah, blah. So like Hayden came to the studio that I was working at at the time and then we just sort of clicked and got on well. And then mm-hmm. um, when we just got introduced to K-pop, we just, I don't, I don't really know. I don't think it was a specific moment. We no. just kind of started working together, started vibing. Yeah. And then once we, once people started liking what we did, we was like, oh shit, this works. Like, we, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Maybe we should think about doing this properly. <laughs> Love that. No. So then what's the hardest part of about working yeah. as a pair? You can answer that one. <laughs> okay. Question, because I suppose it's that kind of, you, each of you have an opinion about a, a melody, a sound. It takes sometimes, it's, it's a good, healthy kind of way of working. You kind of battle through trying to prove your ideas and points. So it's, sometimes it can be a, 
you really believe in an idea and then it can... Yeah, sometimes yeah. we argue. Sometimes it's like, no, I, I disagree. Yeah. But most of the, I mean, most of the time we just work it out. Yeah, um, we've worked so long together that each other's roles and yeah. it just works. So um, It's a hard question because it's not really a, a negative about working with a, with a duo. With me. With Greg. <laughs> <laughs> He paid me That's to say that. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> he slid some, some pounds in there. There you go. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, it seems like your work is consistently like coming in for you with all immense success. Was there ever a time where you worked, where your work was slow or you had to like work on yourself or mental state in order to stay positive? Uh, yeah, 100%. 100%. I mean, in all truth, we've been, we've been very lucky with, with London Noise and our, our career as London Noise has been, it's been great. It's just been on, on the rise and rise. But um, I think like prior to that, we both had struggles um, trying to get into the game mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. trying to you know, have a career in music and sustain a living through music. Um, that was tough. But once we kind of found our groove, okay. then, then we've been fortunate enough to, to be successful. Exactly. Yeah. That's the problem with social media nowadays. Everyone only sees the, the good stuff yeah and there's we've taken so many no's and knockbacks but we use that as a positive to kind of be like no we need to get that yes we need to get that yeah that mm -hmm. song with a certain artist that we've been getting no's from for years and years we're like no we want to we set a goal and we're like we're, we're going to achieve it That's but like even know. now obviously we still get knockbacks we still we still get told no or we still get told they don't want that song yeah. or you know it's not we, we oh, really mm -hmm. probably write hundreds of songs a year and you know, yeah, like 15 or 20 get cut and released. Hmm. So you have to put the work in, you know, yeah. everything we do isn't great. I mean, yeah. we think it is, but like obviously other people don't think it's right. Or sometimes it takes a bit of time to get to the right project. Or, yeah, or adapt or right a song. Artist. You just take a song and, that you think was right and you completely flip it to make it right for a certain brief. So we're, mm. always, we're always striving to, to improve. improve, yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Oh, this is an interesting question. Who comes up with that idea first as a duo? Is there, has there been moments where like you came up with one or you came up with one and just rolled with it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, so sometimes we just make uh, songs individually, like are, are just fine. Mm -hmm. um, and I won't touch something he's done that's brilliant and equally he won't touch something that I've done that he feels is right too. Um, it just depends really. We just We just feed off each other and we know we've got such a great working relationship now that we we're honest. So if, if something is wrong, we pull it apart and fix it. And you know, if it, if it's great, then it's great and we leave it. So we don't try and we don't really put too much pressure on who does what yeah. and okay. uh, what roles we have within, within the team. We just kind of contribute equally to everything from like mm -hmm. creating, from mixing, yeah. um, recording vocals, whatever it may be. We just kind of shared, shared a load and, but luckily enough, we both have the same sort of working mindset and we're both committed to doing a good amount of work a day. So we never have any trouble with that. Hmm. So, so let's say like before the 2015 era, 2016, when you were working with FX and Shiny and that kind of thing, and you guys were, or let's say even before London Noise came about, you guys were obviously making music beforehand. Um, so what when you had those lulls or let's say right when you were about to hit that, like really, you know, when view came out um, and, you know, four walls came out, like when people really want something to happen for them, like big, like normally it doesn't happen for them until they least expect it, if that makes sense. So was True. that something similar for you guys or um, was it something like you were expecting? I think at that time, so like we've obviously, we've, we've touched on this a few times in interviews, but when we right. got into K-pop, it was like a friend of ours showed us a video um and we was like wow what are these colors what is this music why does it change every two and a half minutes like what is going on yeah, and we was like blown, yeah, yeah we were just blown away and, and drawn into like the whole scene um and at that time like you say we we was kind of we was just starting out so we didn't have much pressure on us so we was very relaxed about our approach to it and we mm -hmm. was having fun and i think like the advice that we give to people when they dm us or whatever about how can i get into k-pop I always mm. tell them, just work with your friend group, work with your, the people that yep. you connect with and you vibe with and you'll, you'll come up together. Cause that's what happened with us. We, we connected and we worked, found some, some peers that was, that, that we got on with as well. Yep. 
and it was when we just clicked and uh, and kind of got on together that we started making progress in music industry it mm. wasn't us reaching out to top level writers or to people that were already established yeah. it was just mm. staying in our yep. and doing our thing and i think that's like i think when people are starting out in in this industry or in any industry they try and think how can i get from this position to this position really quick <laughs> really quickly <laughs> and you, you know you can fire off emails and get nothing back and um sometimes you just got to take a step back have fun yeah have fun mm. create and then just work on your own network and let it grow organically and i think mm. that's that's kind of what we did really we just didn't have much pressure and right, um exactly. and it just started to, to happen when we least expected it like you said yeah that's so interesting you mentioned that like i've heard a quote that's like you know, rather than trying to go vertical, like trying to reach up and trying to, you know, get, you know, in contact with all these higher, I guess, ranked people, like move laterally, I guess, and like try to work with your peers. And eventually you guys are all going to move up together in a way. Um, True. Which is exactly what happens. That's like the dream. Guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. But now we get pulled into sessions with people that are established or mm. like, or people want to, we work with people that are, you know, just starting out as well. If we feel what they're doing. Yeah. There's no, there's no like right or wrongs, but I feel like if you look at the, the history of partnerships in music and stuff it's always been with somebody who connects with that person like if you look at Billie Eilish like she worked well with her brother mm. you know Justin Timberlake exactly. who worked with Timberland yeah. you know what I mean so it's like the friendship is the bond and then you can create freely without having any um I don't know just any any kind of block you know exactly, like yeah yeah I like that with a with your name London Noise first of all how'd you even get London Noise that feels like a name that could have been taken already i felt <laughs> but, like how did how did even that name came to be obviously london but just like why would you why did you choose london noise that's what i'm curious about i don't really know i remember we had a list didn't we? we were sitting in in my um my mum's dining room of all places we were sitting in there cool. with a piece of paper and we were like right we need to come up with a name now because we can't keep putting produced by greg and hayden it's just not <laughs> it's not it's not looking good so we thought Every time we travel, people always like really like our accent and like how fast we talk. And so we thought that right, London is a really good iconic place. People love yeah. London, but just the one word London is too obvious. It's taken. It doesn't stand out enough. Yeah. And then I think you literally just wrote noise down on a piece of paper. Yeah. I and he was like, oh, that could look good on a logo or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, that works. It was literally the first one we come up with. I can't remember what the other names we had actually. I'd have to try and like. See if I got a, a note on my old phone or something, but yeah, there was some probably some probably some terrible ones. <laughs> oh wow! Wow. Wait, what were ones? Do you remember? Actually, I'm wondering. Like, what what could have been? <laughs> like, do you know? I, honestly, I don't know. I, I wish I wish I knew. We were just trying to put another word with London. I think at the time it was like you know when everybody started taking the vowels out of words, like to make yeah. it cool, yeah. like. There was like loads of clubs, so we just was like, oh, what about LDN, like London, and then <laughs> it worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but people call us LDN, which is weird because we always have to tell people it's London noise, and they're like, people call us LDN noise, which is strange. Yeah, I was gonna ask, like, you guys also don't, you guys have like London noise. It's like iconic with you know what you guys have done, but to my knowledge, you guys don't have like a producer tag. Um, so we did. We oh. we kind of like played with it initially. We. We kept putting in it's I think in four walls, yeah. it's in power, and then it's in another song. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. If you, if you, but I feel like the mix engineers really left them quite quiet. And we were oh, like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> there was a stage when we was like, right, we need a tag, we should put it in everything. But uh, and I think we just like sometimes it spoils the it spoils the records. Mm. And I think if we were doing just like say we was just doing hip hop and it was like mm -hmm. every you know it's the same he makes songs the same tempo every time right? that works. so you know like it, it just works but i think with us we write ballads we write dance music we write trap songs like it could be anything yeah. so sometimes it feels like if you've got a ballad and then you're putting london noise at the front of it it's just like <laughs> it's just strange you know so, mm -hmm. yeah for sure for sure yeah I thought that was a thing that like all producers wanted to like, oh, let me, you know, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, you guys, yeah, yeah, tag. exactly. Maybe we should, maybe we should do it more or maybe we shouldn't, we should like give less of a shit about what people <laughs> think. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. But I think um, for us, we just care about the record more yeah. more than our own personal game. That's you know what I mean? We want it to be, 
we want it to be right and we want it to sound right. So, mm. yeah. Each song we, we, we get cut and placed with an artist, we're very like, we want to check mixes, we want to check like the, the translation is perfect and we're very, we're not just like, oh, here's a song, take it. Mm. So that, that goes back to like the tag and that we, if we feel like the tag's not making sense in it, then we will mm. just be like, let's just take it out. Before you guys were like, before you guys were like London Noise, did you ever did any internship experience or like in the beginning or? Um, not really internship, but we both went to like, uh, well, did you go to college? No, I got, um, so mine's a funny story. I, I was in what we call here, we have like sixth form, which once you leave school, you go to a place called sixth form. Mm-hmm. And that's for two years. I did a year yeah. and left because after the first year, because they said that I didn't make the grades. So I left and then that's when I met Greg and started working at his studio. And they rang me like three months into it and was like, oh, sorry, we messed up your grades. You did actually pass. Do you want to come back? <laughs> oh, yeah. and I, was like, I was like, no, I'm too far into the music now. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. thank that teacher, right? Yeah. 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 So, so Greg and YouTube taught me how to... Yeah, to make music. Yeah, everything yeah. happens so, for a reason. Yeah. There, yeah, right. So there was no sort of internship. It was just um, always kind of like got into like DJing and stuff, and then and then just the love of music just grew. So it was like obviously like one of the things I love about London is how eclectic it is with the with the music choices here. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a we have a massive dance scene with different genres in the in just just in the dance scene, yeah. and then obviously we have pop culture. We have exactly. the US influence, hip hop you know, everything. So I think that kind of melting pot of sound has really influenced us to to do that in our productions and, and take bits from, you know, all those all those influences mm-hmm. and try and put them into our, our songs. Hmm. So do you think that internships are necessary um, within, you know, if you want to be in music production and that kind of thing? I guess necessary now, now, like, yeah. Not necessarily as much now because networking online is just bigger than it's ever been. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you ever get an opportunity, if you're a producer, writer, A&R to go in, into a studio, then great. But mm. from, from my experience, I, I never did it. And it kind of, it kind of worked out. I just think different roles, like if you're, if you're around the studio environment, it makes a huge yeah. difference, really. Yeah. Okay. You, it does make a difference. You yeah. have to do, you have to do stuff like, I, I started music in college for three years, but it mm. wasn't really until I sat down with, I'm on, we use Logic now, it's the uh, software we use, but I was on mm-hmm. Cubase at the time. And it wasn't until I really sat down and just started doing it mm. daily that I learned more. Yeah. Mm. And I think like nowadays with like the YouTube tutorials, the stuff you can find online, it's a lot more, people gain a lot more experience free, right? You don't need to go to school. Mm. Like, if you're into, if you're into like music, makeup, whatever it may be, you, mm-hmm. you can learn this stuff online. It's so true. I think the internship's not so much important in terms of learning the craft, but more for the networking side mm-hmm. of it. It's very true. Even for me, even I went to film school for editing. I mean, you can learn how to edit online nowadays. Uh, how long did you go to film school for? I did like three until my professor, an amazing professor told me, he's like, you don't have to finish this. He found my YouTube page and he's like, you have more open doors than most of these students. You should just go out and film. I'm like, all right. Best wow. advice he gave me. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. It's just about being brave enough to and, and committing your time yeah. to, to learning. Yeah, it is. And yeah. then but beyond that, then just networking. I mean, for you, your network, yeah, network. network was your audience, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Network was your audience, doing the old body rolls and all of that. <laughs> you are rain. Oh, wow. How many videos did you watch of me? What the? <laughs> And for us, it was just like finding people that we, we connected with Definitely. musically and, um, yeah. yeah, and just figuring it out. Hmm. Okay. Did you guys ever, did you guys always want to be a producer? Or did you know that you wanted to be one? Uh, I kind of wanted to be a DJ initially. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Yeah, we both okay. DJed. Like, we started out as DJ and then that kind of reaction from the crowd when you're dropping records and that, it will never leave you. It was kind of the, mm. yes, I smashed it. But then you... <laughs> What if I made a song and I dropped it and people reacted in the same way? And for me, that was a bigger, a bigger buzz. Yeah. yeah. When you hear a track, when you hear a song you've you've made and it's played back to you and people are singing or yeah. dancing to it, it's a, it's just such a buzz. You can't you can't, you can't beat really. It. When course, when we go yeah. to the shows and stuff, like oh, it's unbelievable. Super M was in London um, in February, actually just before the pandemic at uh, the O2 O2 Arena in London, which is a Ooh, huge arena. That's a big arena, yeah. And, yeah. and we was just like. 
sitting there and we were just blown away like those moments you kind of reflect and then you just feel grateful for, for everything but um yeah that was crazy being in our hometown making you know having made k-pop in seoul and then hearing it back in our hometown in front of like twenty thousand yeah, people or whatever that is crazy yes it's, it's <laughs> a very cool experience same when we do k-con when we're speaking to people in la and, and new york and stuff yeah and we're from london yeah. and we're talking about korean pop it's just like it <laughs> blows my mind I just want to say that your panels, I have a busy schedule at KCON. It's like, it's hard to catch me, but I always make sure I need one panel I'll go to is London Noise. I'm like, I have to just check it out. Even if I'm late, I'll just sneak in and just watch. I have to. Love them, though. Love that. So I, I feel like, and actually y'all's panels, like they are, I know Dre, uh, you like people have said like your, your, the roast is like extremely popular. And I'm just, just like looking at stuff from like KCON last year and like y'all's panels are packed. Just <laughs> y'all's panels probably like compete with each other. Hey, we're popular at KCON. <laughs> very <laughs> popular, very very popular. Um, but so I guess after you know before all these highs, or even amongst like you know the amazing highs that you've been able to have, you know, uh, you know hearing your music played back to you at KCON in different large venues, or stadiums, yeah, or stadiums. What has been the hardest part of your career that you've had to go through? I mean, the hardest part is is supporting yourself financially um the music industry is just cutthroat and um Mm. i think once you it's just getting started but even even when you get started so even when i got started in music it was like a struggle to kind of um just earn earn money Mm -hmm. and and stay committed to music so you know sometimes you have to work jobs it's like any passion project right you have to just like do your passion but then eventually reality sits sets in and you have to earn money so if you're trying to find a strike that balance between earning enough to survive and then and then doing your passion exactly. as well and then hopefully your passion be- can become your job so i think that for me was the hardest part of the music industry and then also i guess just the kind of bullshit that goes on yeah. um it's so political the, yeah the politics mm. and into like who's looking after who and stuff like that sometimes that gets a little bit draining um, you're gonna have to like separate yourself from that and just try and stay and stay creative. It's been a lot of hard times, as you say, like financially and just staying focused. Like especially with what's been going on this year, like mm. we've lost six months of a year. We've been stuck in a house. Mm-hmm. We've not really socialised with friends and things like that. So, so to even think of sitting there and being creative, yes, you can. It's great you're sitting in front of your laptop many hours a day, but it's not getting that inspiration and I was finding it hard to stay motivated and it was great we was getting all these zoom sessions and things like that but the actual mm. just staying focused and as Greg said earlier being with your family and things like that was was a blessing and that, that keeps you inspired I see well before like COVID how often were you working with idols or artists like themselves or not at all so last time we went out to Seoul was, was probably about nine months previous to yeah. that Mm. Yeah. yeah and then when when we're not in Seoul we're pretty much just working with writers and and uh in our own studio basically we was due to go in f- at the end of February or beginning of March and I think two weeks before our, or a week before our flight yeah. it got cancelled because was, of the yeah. whole pandemic so we nearly got stuck out there so that was Oof. pretty crazy wow wow they got it under control or actually the other don't well kind of i guess they're kind of it's coming back a little bit but i was going to say they had it under control quicker than like everywhere else i can't believe that when you look at the covid cases in seoul it's like minimal and they're, they're still so mm-hmm. precautious about it like it's how do you find it you, is it like the people at restaurants and stuff is it back to normal so i'm actually i got here last friday and i so we have to stay in quarantine for two weeks they the the way they just everything about it like it's so um strict like i have to have this app open on my phone like a gps sort of thing at all times like i have to check in morning and night what my temperature is and then like if i don't they're like you didn't take your temperature like (laughs) i'm like okay okay oh i did not know that yeah the app will send me it like a, a notification but then the government at least like 10 to 15 times a day they send like updates on like what's like like a, almost like an amber alert type thing you get like oh a case was here or even just as simple as like the air quality is bad today maybe don't go outside as much like you get those kinds of things and um the yeah it's and the most interesting thing was when i got a covid test 
it came back inconclusive. And then the next day they sent an ambulance and they took me in an ambulance to the public health facility. And like within 15 minutes, like, and then like three hours later, I got my test back. When like in the States, it takes like a week or like month to get your test back. (laughs) It's just crazy how like efficient it is, but they are having a spike right now. Um, Mm. So then what did you realize with this time like what i mean obviously family time is amazing but like what did you realize you were lacking maybe personally um whether it was work-wise or not you know when this COVID thing hit like what did you realize that you were like oh i'm glad i now have this time to work on besides like you know spending time with family well i guess hayden built a gym in his garage yeah um so i guess yeah um i tried to buy a gym and it took me probably like four months to get the equipment and even though i've got it i've probably used it about three times okay (laughs) but yeah i guess i guess health and uh is the main thing but it's hard it's it's hard to to kind of think about other stuff than the family because i think at the start everyone was just so worried about what was going to happen so like you just you know he's worried about the elderly if you've got like you know Mm -hmm. a grandma um, yeah, I think really just like getting healthy and trying to stay inspired and trying to stay creative and stuff like that. Makes sense. Do, do deadlines make you guys stay focused? Like, do you work well under pressure or like having a deadline coming up very soon? We're so used to deadlines. Like, their deadlines are like we wanted it yesterday. So, mm. we every, mostly every song we do is a deadline. Pretty <laughs> like, much. Yeah. Mm. yeah we do, we do work well under pressure um, and we we kind of like that's why we enjoy doing the writing camps because we kind of thrive under that pressure of like yeah. getting uh, stuff yeah. done um and sometimes that's hard to stay inspired so when you have got free time and when you when you can do what you want some you know like all of us we get we get a bit lazy watch too much netflix or whatever yeah. <laughs> like yeah definitely like working with deadlines and like working yeah. on people that know what they want it's a lot it's a lot easier it forms, it helps form a, a nice structure to your workflow. Mm. You come in that day and you know, right, we've got this deadline, this deadline, you do this, I'll do that. Right. Rather than just coming in, putting YouTube on and finding what's new music, which is good, but it's, it's more inspiring to have them, them structured, them structured days and deadlines. Mm. So when you worked with artists like Nick Jonas, um, compared to, I guess let's say like Nick Jonas compared to like when you, you know, you guys worked a lot with Jonghyun, when you're given direction on what, how the track is supposed to sound, do you prefer that, you know, and um, rather than like, okay, just do whatever you want kind of thing. And is that something that you, you know, experience when you were working with Western artists more than let's say Korean artists when you're, you know, if you're given direction or not? I think everybody has some type of direction in mind when they're starting a project. So um, it definitely helps to have a, a, you know, a kind of, at least the guide of what you want to do, but you don't really want to make something. I mean, we always try and make make a record. So if we're working with an artist like Shiny or EXO or any of those guys, we kind of want to make the next song on from that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like, we've done, the, the music we've done for them already exists, right? So we don't want to make another monster. We don't want to make another power. We want to try and make something that's fresh. Mm-hmm. That makes sense, yeah. Um, Sorry, what was the question again? I completely lost my phone <laughs> fault. It was a long question too. Uh, you, we pretty much answered it. Like you, you prefer having direction rather than like just free free balling it, I guess. Uh, and songs as well are more personal to the artist. So we could have a direction of it where we want it to go, but then the artist has their opinion as well. Yeah. So like the Nick Jonas song, for example, we, we had uh, a bridge where, section where we thought it should go, but he had a different... Uh, view and opinion so we just let him do his thing mm. and he come up with a really cool bridge section for that which we we thought we, our one was solid but he kind of took it to he another made, level he, he yeah. made it, about, yeah, made he it, made it himself he made it more yeah. more for him which yeah. which is fine and we're we're all for that we're we're always want to produce the best quality song we possibly can i was going to ask like when you when you are working with artists in what cases does a situation call for actually working with the artists themselves like being in the studio with them like during a song camp or anything like that um compared to when you're you're making it and you're sending it just back and forth is it because the artist Mm. is more just regularly involved in making their music or is is it like specific cases it depends on the schedule a lot of the time um a lot with the k-pop artists their schedules are crazy like they're so busy um so 
and, and because they're they're happy to let the songwriters do their thing, I yeah. think that's that's kind of they're less involved. But more when they do their solo projects, they they will come in and have a more stronger opinion than when they're in the groups. So I think they get more of a say once it's their own thing. Mm-hmm. So like Bakun, for example, we worked with him quite closely on his record, and mm-hmm. he was very vocal about what he wanted. And you know, um, so that that that'd be the big difference. Whereas if it's a group a group project, then it's more the A and R or the manager conveying what the group want yeah. because obviously there's seven or eight opinions, you know, mm-hmm. so they've got to kind of filter it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense for sure. Yeah. Okay. How about this? Tell me something that you've found to be true as good advice. It's a little open question, but welcome to in my feels. Let's get in our feelings. That's good. <laughs> uh, trust your instincts. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily <laughs> an advice as opposed to just a, a kind of quote or whatever, but for sure. Yeah. Definitely trust trust your instincts and trust your your gut yeah. feeling, because um, most of the time that's you know, hundred percent correct. Yeah, the right one. Yeah. 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 As far as advice goes, I mean, you do you mean like music wise or just in in life? I guess both. Both. Yeah. What What means true to you? Being open minded is is. My dad always says to me. Be open-minded. Just always listen to people in a room. If take on people's advice, always listen. Don't try and just be that that diva in the room. That's no, it's my way or the highway. I don't know, man. Just having a positive attitude and just trying yeah. to, yeah. You know, putting out positivity, you receive positivity. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Uh, do you believe in things like manifesting or manifestation? Like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. 100 percent yeah and i think we've we've pretty much done that with most of our career like if there's if there's we have a target in mind so like this year we really wanted to work with like there's a few people we've got missing who we haven't worked with and we really want to like achieve these like this list of people so we're slowly like doing that but i feel like yeah manifestation is a powerful thing yeah um in, in anything in, in your career um for sure your life is anything like that definitely believe in that how do y'all specifically you know try to manifest like like you said i heard you said you have a list that i i guess you might have written down do you revisit that list you know every so often like every you know every day every week just to remind yourself or is it just like you write it down let it go yeah i just kind of like it's just internal mm. okay. like i think you set yourself a goal um you know, just kind of like, yeah, internalize it and keep thinking about it. Or like, if it's more of a career focused thing, then me and him will discuss it and we'll just keep reiterating it week after week. Yeah. Like, right, let's do that. How can we get to this? How can we do to that? Um, and just try and make, take the small steps to, to achieve it. Yeah. You know, there's all, it's all good manifesting, but you also need to take the steps to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, where you can say, oh, I'll work with this person, but you got to do something about it. You can't yeah. just think it. Yeah. 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 No, that's for sure. Mm. Because people think they could just reach something like, like that. But no, there's a lot of steps. It could be, it could be like three steps and that's like lucky to be honest. But <laughs> it could be like 300 steps. That's usually <laughs> how it goes. Right. So can I just ask, like, how did you guys discover K-pop? Ooh. Mine was, well, I'm actually curious about Emily's verse. I've said this a cake on too many times. Oh. Go. <laughs> um, mine uh, was I, I knew about K-pop back in like 2012 with Shine or no 2009 with uh, Nobody's or Wonder Girls Nobody, and then uh, revisited it in uh, 2012 um, with Shiny and I thought Fantastic Baby was by Shiny, not Big Bang. So there's wow. that. Wow, um, random. And then I think it was really uh, I guess. 2018 was when I really like, or late 2017 when I like fell back or fell into it, into it um, with BTS. And then I started working at a K pop store and that just like opened my eyes to like everything else. Is that in Seoul? Is that what you, what you do now? Or? Oh, no. No, no. The, I just moved from LA. Um, and yeah, so I was working at a K pop store in LA and then moved to Seoul. Um, I'm teaching here now. So, and then also, you know, doing these like, uh, I guess, podcasts media things on the side as well you teach english i'm starting to, i'm supposed to start like next well 
next Monday, not this coming Monday, but next Monday. Um, I have no, I've never taught before, but this is, that's the <laughs> quickest way, right? This is like the, I guess the easy, one of the easiest ways to get a visa here in the, in Korea. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And I don't know, I guess I have experience with like my little cousins, so it shouldn't be too bad, I guess. You're, are you fluent in Korean? No, I am like, I'm enough <laughs> to be like, maybe just under conversational. I've been doing like a lot of the lessons or whatever daily, but I am not fluent at all. Are, do you guys know any Korean? Only only basic stuff. Only like hello, goodbye, left, right, oh. uh, there. <laughs> yeah, like I say, greetings, and then like where we need to go. Yeah, because <laughs> and then normally that's like to the studio, back from the studio <laughs> to the hotel. Right. Oh, Dre, you should finish your uh, K-pop origin story. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, so I just got uh, done with a breakup uh, back in, when I was twenty-one. I'm into like R&B, like in hip hop. That's what I've always been like the the Neos, the Ushers, you know, the Mario, whatever. And uh, basically, I literally typed in Asian Usher on YouTube randomly, and Taeyang from Big Bang came up when he did "I Need a Girl" in wedding dress. And I was like, he was playing "I Need a Girl." I was saying, yeah, I need one too. You know, I kind of related with him. <laughs> and and uh, it led me to like K-pop, like Big Bang, and then of course Shiny, and then like oh, so on and so on. So it was like a snowball effect. Like, mis- like just by mistake but i feel like i would i was so, i'm so open to like different types of music that i figured that i'll probably get into k-pop somehow i've always been into that like even growing up i uh my dad is jamaican i'm half jamaican half filipino that's all i look like uh but he taught he obviously he put me onto bob marley and then you know like and i discovered my other stuff but i also wanted to figure out like i never in my like my jamaican side i look up to bob marley but in my asian side i never really looked up to anybody so i was like like i wanted to discover that side of myself too yeah but also my korean is not that great either (laughs) (laughs) i think it's so funny you typed in asian usher (laughs) oh yeah 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 like i (laughs) i just it just happened that way (laughs) but yeah wow what do you like about korean culture the most what do we love about korean culture the most um i love i love how obsessed they are Mm -hmm. and how dedicated they are Mm -hmm. um the attention to detail on everything. Yeah, yeah, I, I really, I really like that. I don't know if that's a Korean thing or, or like an Asian thing in general. I'm not sure, but like, <laughs> okay. But I think yeah, they're they're super, they're super dedicated. Yeah. Um, in 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 their in their choices and in in their you know their careers or yeah. whatever it may be. Their their the fandoms are, are, are brilliant and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just like the vibe of Seoul. Like, I, it was totally different from what we expected yeah 100 um yeah. and we yeah we just love it we love being over there around the people around yeah, the culture the fashion like, you know yeah. fashion, the music um the food yeah some really good food so okay nice uh since you guys are known for like working with korean artists or even western artists are you open to working with other national like like the other types of asians like let's say the philippines or even the guy like work for an indian artist chinese have you ever done that? Yeah, we've done a couple of records for um, Chinese artists, actually. Of course. Um, a guy called Fan, Fan Cheng Cheng, his name is. Um, he's, he's cool. He's like a rapper. I'll send you the link, actually. He's pretty cool. Okay, yeah, so we've done, we're open to, to music, you know, wherever it's like, you know, wherever it's Asia, wherever it's English, where it's German, you know, yeah. Latin, like anything. Yeah. Um, we, we just love music. So we're open That's to cool. any territory, really. Yeah. Hmm. Who are y'all's favorite artists that you're listening to right now? Ooh. You showed me that thing I'm obsessed with. There's a guy, a uh, British guy called Shaka, who did like a... Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's like a quarantine EP. And it's just all like he's, he's, he's layered all his voices, made all chords and everything. It's amazing. Definitely oh, check oh. it out. That is interesting. Yeah. What's his name? Shaka? Yeah. His name's Shaka, yeah. He's, he's a cool writer. We, we like, we've been trying to get him to do some K-pop stuff, actually. So I think he'd be really great at it. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, he's cool. And then um, Disclosure, we've been bumping their stuff, yeah. like Dance Disclosure. Dance Guy. Yeah, and then stuff like, you know, uh, Jack Harlow, Pop Smoke, um, some of the US oh, wow. kind of hip-hop stuff. Mm. Um, and, Harlow, then, yeah. and then there's like UK, UK people. Yeah, we're yeah. yeah. And then there's like UK guys, um, you know, Dua Lipa's album's incredible, really enjoyed mm. that. 
and then um, Black Stormzy and a guy called AJ oh, cool. Tracy, which yeah. is cool. Eddie One, they're all like on kind of the drill. The drill, yeah, yeah, UK drill. But we try and listen to a bit of everything, really, because we, you know, like you say, we we listen to it could be like really urban UK stuff, or it could be, you know, um, soulful R and B things as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mac Airs, I, I really like his stuff. Um, Khalid, I like his stuff as well. Khalid, do yeah, um, okay. Yeah, a bit of everything, really. Hmm. Okay. I mean, you're listening to like different types of genres. Are you experimenting with sounds, like in like your future projects? Oh, always, yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. As Greg said earlier, we're always trying to expand on what we've done and not do the same kind of. Because exactly, we get asked yeah. all the time, we have another monster, and it's like you can, but it's just going to sound like monster. Yeah, <laughs> mm. like, we don't want to do that. For sure, you want to tra- create something. You want to create the trend. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's it's so difficult with stuff like because people people listen to your work, they might love a song and they'll be like, "Can you make another one like that?" But it's just it's not satisfying. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just yeah, for sure. I get that. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Um, if you guys could do or have a mulligan slash uh, one do over, what would it be? That is a tough one. Very tough. And it's not just career; you can do it in life as well. I probably would have traveled more when I was younger. Like I definitely mm. would have come out of come out of college and done a and gone around the world because now I try and do I mean pre lockdown pre COVID I try to do like a city every year uh, and, and have like a couple of different vacations every year just to kind of see the world and experience new things so I think I would have liked to have done a bit of backpacking or traveling and I mean m- maybe not backpacking because I'm not really good at slumming it. But um, <laughs> okay, but I definitely would have liked to have done like Argentina, Brazil, mm. um, you know, Southeast Asia, like you know, just Australia, like places like that, what where I still haven't been, which I'd like to visit. So mm. I would have liked to have done that. And then there's probably some questionable um, romantic relationships that I would have <laughs> um, avoided. <laughs> Can't avoid those. That's fair. That's fair. Exactly. Uh, I I wanted to be a footballer really bad. Oh, like that was my from school. I was into every sport, but football was always the kind of the, the you where wish I wanted you to give go. It more of a go, like yeah. You wish you I had, I got to one point in my football career where I had a scout come and watch me, but the day oh, before, wow. I got hit on the head with a golf ball and I cracked my head open, so I couldn't oh, play. Like, it was like a sign to me, like maybe football isn't going to work out. <laughs> 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 So I tried, I left football, tried golf, and then my dad accidentally knocked my front two teeth out of the golf. Oh, yeah. Those are signs. Those are signs that you shouldn't be in sports. <laughs> At what point in your career did you ever feel like, wow, I made it? I wouldn't say, wow, I've made it, because I don't feel like I've made it yet. You know, I don't feel like we've got to where, we, where I need to be. But definitely when I first heard um, a song back to back to me you know I played at a stadium and and a crowd singing back and uh and having that that success yeah yeah, I think that's that moment is just like yeah it's it's, it's goosebumps moment Mm -hmm. and it's something that even now when we still hear our songs um played live it's still like such a buzz such a great feeling I remember we was we were sitting in the studio in SM watching EXO perform power at the winter olympics we was watching it on the oh, team wow. that was insane yeah it was, was just like insane. all the all the traveling all the long nights and days away from your family it's just like all in that one moment i just felt like we've achieved something massive here yeah that is, yeah that was crazy that really cool moment for us yeah i think not not many people can say that their song's been performed at the olympics so that's kind of let us no, really for cool. sure yeah, it's a crazy thing to experience, especially witness. Like, oh, that's that's my song. <laughs> like, so you mentioned like you're not where you want to be. Where do you envision yourself? Slash, where do you want to be? Yeah, a dream of mine to have our own project, like, and um, and see that through and be successful with it. So mm. I feel like that's something we're still working towards. And then beyond music, I just you know I'd love to be able to provide more for my parents and and things like that. Um, for sure, you know buy them a house whatever it may be like mm-hmm. you know um take care of my sister take care of my family things like that if i could if i could achieve that mm-hmm. i'd be super happy yeah mm-hmm. hell yeah and also like we're really passionate about new talent and 
paving, helping people, like give them a path, an opportunity, which we never really had as when we started out, like just because there's so much talent now and there's so much, I call them like bedroom producers, singers. They're all just like in their bedrooms making this amazing music, but no one's hearing it. Is there any way we can, people send us music a lot of the time and we're blown away by it and we want to help direct people in ways we can just collaborate and, and, and communicate a lot with people. I think it's really, that's a big goal of mine. Yeah, I get more like happiness of seeing everyone achieve together, succeed, rather than just being like, oh, we've done this. But I want, as we said earlier, of our team, like growing up, growing up and coming up with all our friends. Yeah. It's, it's mm. a huge privilege to have that and share moments with people. Yeah, share moments with people, definitely. Like last year, we just set up a publishing um, company. So Hayden and I are signing, signing writers and producers as well now that we could, like you said, we, that we can help and nurture that new talent and kind of give it the opportunity. So we're definitely looking for talent and, and demos and stuff. So we should drop a link in the video or something. Yeah. Demos or with that, like where, where can people send, you know, their demos and where can people, you know, find you guys if they don't already follow you? Yeah. So obviously it's pretty much at LDN noise on Instagram, Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. Facebook. I mean, we barely use Facebook to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, just pretty much, pretty much Insta and Twitter. Yeah. And then, um, like I say, we'll, we'll, We'll drop a link for for demos in this in this video. So if, awesome. if they go below, then we can we can do that. Oh, for sure. Yay. Definitely help out with that. Hey, thank you guys. Nice to have a chat with you all. Yeah. Well, that's it for in my feels. I'm JRE. I'm Emily. We're on the noise. And Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank no you. problem. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening.